Hey y'all, I'm Moni and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hello, 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 all you beautiful and wonderful mixologists out there. What is up? It is your host, Moni, and you are listening to Mixing with Moni. Okay, I am excited for today's episode because I have the one and only Kate Casey on from Reality Life with Kate Casey, the podcast. It's one of the top podcast hosts on the chart. <laughs> you can see her a bit above me, but you can usually see me on there too, because we did that, y'all. Um, but she graciously agreed to do my show after doing a panel with her and some other late fabulous podcasting ladies. Um and during this Women's History Month, I'm here to bring the great collabs from what I find to be really cool, compelling women to talk about other cool and compelling women. So <laughs> that being said, we talked Dallas. We and really dove deep into honestly what's wrong with this season, what's wrong with this cast, what's wrong with this season. And it's not the things that you think. And I think that's one of the reasons I like having Kate on because from her show, she interviews a lot of these amazing women and all these podcasts, I mean, all these um, Real Housewives and all these Bravo Lebs and all these other you know TV personalities and things. But we don't always get to hear her opinion, even about the people that she has on, which makes sense because people listen to her to hear them. But y'all listen to me to hear some mess and some opinions, some hot takes. And we get some, starting with what we thought was a banger this year, or this last couple seasons of shows. She has some really interesting hot takes on, and I can't wait to get for y'all to hear her opinions about that. And overall, what she's thinking about what's going on with Dallas. It, it honestly, it's the it's the most interesting conversation I've had about Dallas probably since the show started, and that should tell you something. Including when I talked to Deandra, and that was one of my better, one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done. So, you know, you could be the judge for yourself, but I think Kate has some really great hot takes and great thoughts about Dallas and where we are going wrong there, um, and what we could do if anything. That's the kicker, honey. And then, of course, this episode of Jersey, which I frankly had the most fun with the since the entire season started. Just saying. I found Teresa to be the most likable since the whole season started. So I am excited to hear all the things that Kate says. I think y'all are going to love it. You're going to love her if you don't already love her. So hopefully you're excited to get started of course, after we do some Black Resilience, also known as Black Excellence, we're going to dive into that really quick. And then Kate's going to come on and walk us through Jersey and Dallas, or vice versa, Dallas and Jersey to really dig deep into what is going on with these seasons and why they are or are not working based on these you know, last episodes that we saw this week. Um, so starting with Black Resilience... I am and Black Excellence because I'm very proud of her. I have our girl, Blue Ivy Carter, the daughter of one, of course, Miss Beyonce Knowles, Giselle Knowles Carter. It's full name. You put some respect on it. So Blue Ivy Carter became the second youngest Grammy winner in history. 
um, because of being in the song Brown Skin Girl by Beyonce. So of course you're thinking celebrity child, why is that black excellence, black Brazilians, other than the fact that she won a Grammy, which eh, you could say is or isn't like a major deal, depending on who you ask, especially what celebrity was there this year um, or was not also that. But overall, it is an accomplishment because this young girl, this young child did something, set out to do something and got a very cool honor for it. One that her mom also got being a, a history maker, record breaker, and having the most Grammys awarded ever or in history to one artist, one of the two, someone will probably correct me on it, but Beyonce got all the Grammys, girl. So 28, awesome. Yes, we ex kind of expect that, but Blue, that one is something I think that really does is worth celebrating because it's for a song, Brown Skin Girl, which was on Beyonce's um, album that she did for, um, uh, what is it called? Lion King. The Lion King movie that was kind of redone and reimagined. If it was a little bit less, uh, a little more realistic, a little less cartoon, even though I think the cartoon still slaps to this day. And Blue Ivy also has a picture of her using her Grammy as a sippy cup, as because of them we can calls it, but really just putting a straw in it, drinking some good old juice. And I think that's very cute, very relatable for a child. Um, and because, I mean, what is a Grammy to this child? You know, to a child of her age, I think she's eight, nine, eight people, you know, she's like, oh, cool, I've won something. And mommy and daddy tell you how great it is, but really they're like, Cool. And that's one of the things I love about kids is how much confidence and stuff that they have that they are already great. And that's not even, it's really hard to impress them. And that's one of the things I love about them. So very happy for Blue. Some of the lyrics of what she spoke, like her specific part in the song, if you have not heard Brown Skin Girl, is what I believe is what constitutes it as Black excellence. And right, it's to really create a scene where young girls should be singing this about themselves. My mom, me, countless of other, other women of color have grown up to not always love and appreciate their skin for various reasons. Um, and I think that I, she's, trying, she's trying to, or Beyonce is encouraging her daughter to have a more positive um, thought about her own skin, the skin she's in. Uh, speaking from personal experience, please excuse me on my podcast doing that. I <laughs> was given a confession, like a, like a speech to say every day about myself when I was five to six years old. And I, I think that it's something that is really cool when kids know all the things about themselves they should love in case one day they ever question if they should love it for whatever reason that they're confronted with. But her, the lyrics are, brown skin girl, your skin just like pearls, the best thing in the world. I never trade you for anybody else. And I think that last one is super important. Love the idea of young girls of various skin complexions and especially um, brown girls, black girls, thinking that they are beautiful no matter what. And they don't really have to do anything to themselves or trade or want to be like anyone else. Love who you are and be popping, okay? And I think that's great. Blue is popping. All brown skin girls are popping. Any girl that has confidence in herself, any child that has confidence in themselves, popping. And in this Women's History Month, I want all the brown skin girls to know they are popping so we can raise a new generation of young girls who grow up to be women 
And when it's their history month, they know they're popping and they continue the trend and vice versa and reinvest all those positive thinkings, positive energy, that confidence and all that self-love back into the next generation of young girls that will become women. So that being said, let's dive around into another woman conversation with a woman named Kate Casey from Reality Life with Kate Casey. And let's talk about some of our favorite or least favorite, problematic or not. <laughs> women who we obviously just know could use our help and are waiting to hear all of our thoughts about them. None of that is true. So why not have fun with it, right? So without further ado, coming up next, Kate Casey. All right, guys, as promised, I am here with the fabulous Kate Casey, interviewer extraordinaire, host of Reality Life with Kate Casey, but that, of course, is not where her credits end, but we would be here all day long, and I want to get into the meat and potatoes of having this pop culture goddess on the show, so I'm so excited you are here. Thank you for doing this. Thank you, and thank you for the intro, which I wish that I could maybe get a transcript, print that out, and frame <laughs> it next to my bed, especially since no one in my house gives two shits what I do. I can't. I can imagine. I don't have kids, but like, you know, people who listen know I'm a teacher. So let me tell you something. The hardest people in the world to impress are children. I just know it for a fact. I know my oldest one is always like telling me, you know, you're really annoying. I'm like, no, 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 no. You are annoying. And then we go back and forth. I'm like, no, 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 trust me. I know people. You're annoying. She's like, no, mom, you're annoying. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. real. So cute. I love that. <laughs> you have the most beautiful family. I love watching your family on Instagram. Oh, thank you. It's so, it's so precious. I mean, do they, have you been able to interview all the amazing guests that you've had with limited interruptions? Do the kids know, like, no, listen, mommy's on the phone. No, doing no, things. If Got people it. <laughs> only knew, I should probably take video of what goes on. Um, yeah, no, they're very annoying. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times. One time my friend, my, my son's friend came over and I was like, listen, you little shits, you gotta be freaking quiet because so I'm quiet. about to interview blah, blah, blah. And I need total silence. And they're like, got it, Roger. No problem. We, we, we read you. And then I started the interview and about like 15 minutes in, I hear them in the next room screaming about Fortnite. And I was like, I am going to murder you. I will go to jail. <laughs> and I was like, guys and they they just forget it's like yeah you know you beg them and then they just forget or oh yeah no we got it and then they're fighting about like jojo siwa downstairs so no it's really hard it was really hard during the worst of the pandemic because they were at home all of them were at home and homeschooling Mm -hmm. so it was like the wi-fi was sucking and then also my husband's been working at home for the last year right so yeah they're really annoying but then dan will come out and say I'm on a call guys. I'm like, welcome to my world. (laughs) Welcome. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. I can't even imagine. I I know you can't imagine because you work with children. Right. Because I do have to sometimes get them to repeat to me multiple times what the instructions are. And I'll still (laughs) have to remind halfway through the activity. Like, so we're using inside voices, right? And they're like, "Uh uh-huh. 
yeah girl that's what we said and, and they don't understand insights <laughs> they don't understand inside voices like my third one the one i call gives 30 percent. she will not shut up her voice <laughs> she will not i have to say turn the volume down and they just don't get it so i feel yeah it. yeah it's Oh, what a ride. Listen, I, we were talking offline about how we did. I didn't even know we were from around the same area. Y'all oh, yeah. you know, I constantly talk about how much I love Potomac, the housewives, because I'm from the area and I like to see places and things that I should be going to and doing and things that I recognize. Where are you from around the area? So I'm originally from the suburbs of Philadelphia, a town called Westchester. Okay. And then I went to a boarding school in Hershey, Pennsylvania called the Milton Hershey school. Yeah. And then I went to Trinity College in Washington, D.C., which yeah. is a women's Catholic school. So I lived in North uh, East D.C., across from Catholic University on Michigan Avenue. Down, So for people to have some sort of reference, it's down the street from Howard University. So mm -hmm. that section of the city. And then I lived in D.C. for a little while. And I I waited tables on uh, first. I was a bartender on Capitol Hill for a place called Tortilla Coast. And then I waited tables in Georgetown at Tony and Joe's on the waterfront during Oh college. my God, I know Tony and Joe yes. so well. Oh my God. That is so funny. I, I, I know Trinity well and Howard is where Candace is now going to get her um, MBA allegedly. We'll see how that turns out. But that is where she goes. I love it there. So when you watched, did you watch Housewives of DC? Did you feel like a little bit of oh, I loved it. with it? Oh, absolutely. I loved it. I loved it. Um, the only thing that troubles me with Potomac, and I think you would understand this, is that I'm looking through the lens of, now, would somebody from Baltimore be hanging out with someone from Potomac who actually, and then that other person lives in Arlington. Like, mm -hmm. that sounds like, how would they even know each other? And would they drive in dc traffic to hang out like that's yes. the problem me watching i'm like i just don't see how all of this works out in the same way that somebody from la would be like but they live in marina del rey that one lives in beverly hills and that one's in west hollywood but that one lives like almost in the valley like how are they even friends that's the problem about mm -hmm. living in there and watching the show is like you know it's like somebody who works in politics watching the west wing because I used to, be, when I was an intern, after the, being an intern, I watched the West Wing and be like, that's not the way it goes. It's kind of like that. Mm -hmm. I, I get it because I, you know, I like to always give the context of, of course, Robin's always late. She lives in the suburbs of Baltimore and they're Isn't consistently the flying out of DCA, which is in Arlington, Virginia. So you have to go through traffic of leaving the city of Baltimore and then traffic of getting into DC mm -hmm. and going and what you do is you go out of you go into DC and then out of DC to go to the airport of DC which is in Virginia so she's like yeah. it's gonna take her an hour and a half of course she's gonna be late so it's not fair to you know paint her as that and then I had the same kind of contextual problem when Wendy and Candace, Candace is introducing Wendy. Like, oh yeah, we worked together. I'm like, you worked with a professor at Johns oh, Hopkins in Baltimore, a doctor of things. Thank you. As a, you have politics in common. Didn't you just intern like lightly? Okay. Like, another, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, another thing. Well, first of all, I have to tell you that I did stand up. I did stand up, and I at the Th Howard Theater, and and Robin was late. She showed up. She was like, Kate. I said, you missed my set. 
Oh my God. You missed my whole set, but she's really honestly one of the nicest of the housewives I've ever met, but that's funny. Mm -hmm. Um, But number two is that my friend Al Jean from high school works in politics. And so does my friend Disha. Disha worked for President Obama. She was the social Uh secretary. So I love it to ask them about the housewives of Potomac who claim they worked in politics because they would know. Mm -hmm. And they're both like, um, no. Yeah. They're, I, they're like, we have no idea who they are. Now, Al Jean only knows Wendy because she just said this on my show because she went to some, uh, they went to the some event and she said she was asked to be a panelist, but I honestly, it was only because I think she was on the show, but she's like, I have no idea who these, these women are. Like they're not working in politics. So I always think that's funny when you can, in, in the same way that somebody in finance would probably be like, no one knows who so-and-so's husband is from Real Housewives of New York or mm-hmm. or in Beverly Hills. Like no one gives a shit about, um, you know, Mauricio's real estate agency. They're really going to go to like this firm. I don't know. I love, I love the intel that yes. people have from each city where they're like, no, let me like break it down for you. That's yeah. my favorite. That's yeah. my favorite. I yeah. love that. I mean, my aunt, my aunt, I've said it before, she owns a lot of property in and out of Baltimore and Baltimore County in the city and has done many, many, many real estate seminars and cruises and things like she knows a lot of the real estate working people in the entire DMV area. She's been doing this longer than I've been alive. I've been working for her since I was 10 years old. And she, I'm like, oh, Michael Darby's going to be on the show. She's like, who? And I'm like, he's this big real estate agent. Oh, she goes, no, he is not. Who? Like she goes, no, I know all the girls, the big girls. Like she knows the big girl. She, she's like, I would know who that is. What I am curious about is this new rumored woman. Her name is Mia. Um, she is a, a allegedly she is an owner of multiple the joint chiropractic centers in you know the Philadelphia, Maryland, Virginia mm. area. But um, she's a boss woman, and they were. My mom actually just told me. And I had confirmed it talking to um, Taria from what else is going on. They were filming at a restaurant across the street from where my mom lives in one of, in her buildings called Limoncello. It's an Italian restaurant. And none of them live any, I mean, we're t- you, like what you said, we're talking like an hour at least. So it almost confirms that this woman is in a new house, like, but she's the only one that's based in Baltimore. The only one, like in Baltimore City and she's on the it's harbor like and they're all filming crazy. there. And I'm like, does that make sense to call the Real Housewives of Potomac if somebody, this is what, this is the burden that we have. Yeah. Is that with Karen, Karen's now the only woman who lives in Potomac because Monique is gone and she doesn't even own, she rents. So what do we call it now? And this, and this drives my friend who lives in Potomac crazy. She's like, I'm sure live here. Yeah, but to be fair, there's really not a lot of fun things to film and put something. Well, that's true. <laughs> they do have the Beltway Drive. That's exactly how we are yeah. as people. We spend all the time all over everything. And they couldn't do DC again, though. I wish they would have. I wish they would have just called it DC again. And that to yeah. me would have made a little bit more sense because it's not uncommon. People claim they live in DC when they live in Virginia, like, you know, where Ashley mm-hmm. lives. Like, that's not unheard of. The DC people hate it, but most of them come from Boston or something anyway. So I don't know why they mm, get so true. up in arms about it. <laughs> But listen, I wish, I wish my friend Al Jean was on the Real Housewives of DC, but she has like a high profile job oh, in the Biden administration now. But she's okay, well, we want that. bananas funny. Okay. She's like beyond funny. 
I wish because what's crazy is I thought that Dr. Wendy was slumming it to be on here. I was like, what is she doing on this show? She got a degree. Isn't she qualified to work somewhere? I but- like I feel her story so deeply because her mom just really wants her to have this academic career because it really speaks to so much about who she is as a mother, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, look at my two accomplished ones, a doctor, one's a, so can you imagine what her mom's like, you want to be on a television show? Because yeah. Nigerians are like, we don't give a shit about television. Like, yeah. What are you actually doing? What, what is your career? <laughs> yeah. And but she's also I, looking at her like, why? Like, why do you want to do that? Like, you literally have a family, a home, a nice life. You have a couple jobs. You're very well respected. What do you, why do you want to do this? Like, yeah. can you imagine? And she's like, my daughter married a lawyer and she's a doctor. She's a professor. It's all these great things. And now she's like, I mean, I could see that as a non-Nigerian woman, my mom would be like, you want to be on the television? But right. She paid all that money for those degrees. Why? Why do you want to be on TV? That's, those are the things that make me more interested in Real Housewives. Like, I don't like Mm. the dumb fighting unless it has to do with cultural issues because that to me is more compelling. Like, Mm. oh, I didn't see that. Like, like, Real Housewives in New Jersey is interesting because most of them are Italians. And then it's like a window into their culture where I'm like, is Oh, that's fascinating. That cut because, from the same cloth. Yeah. Like I live, you know, compelling. I have a wacky family, but they're like Irish English and you know, they're Irish English people are traditionally like very cold. They don't like to express emotion unless they're in a fight. I mean, they like, if you talked about your mental health problems, they'd be like, you need to keep your mouth shut and move on. And my mom's notoriously like, keep your chin up, like mm. shut up. Don't talk about your problems. Keep your chin up. So I like to see other pe- windows into other people's ha- homes and see how they they talk. Like, not to go back to Al Jean, she's the star of the show right now, but <laughs> Al Jean from Liberia, and she was telling me that like Nigerians are all about a- academics. And I asked her like, well, what are Liberians known for? She's like, partying. It's like, oh, I want to know that. I want to know the little the nuances, the differences in the yeah. same way. Beverly Hills, I mean, they're all kind of like, probably from the same kind of sort of background but then now they have a housewife that's Chinese yeah so I'm like oh okay so when she she gets into an argument how does she respond how does the way she live her life what's the Mm. relationship with her husband it you know I'm not Chinese I want to know like in her world like what's going on like all the little things that go with that that to me is why I like Real Housewives yeah other people like it because they like to see like you know like two women fighting about a piece of cake but I'm like I want to go like pick apart like why is someone the way they are and then I want to hear their backstory I want to know where'd you grow up Mm -hmm. are your parents still married you know did somebody have a drug problem like what'd you study in school I always tell people that it started when I was little. Well, my mom will talk to anybody at a, like the grocery store or anywhere. Like she'll just talk for hours. And I used to find it so annoying. And then I realized like I'm basically the same person. Um, but I used to love to look at her yearbook, which is okay. so weird now that I look back. But I would just, her 1963 Radner yearbook, and I would look through it and I just... I have a photographic memory. So I would just remember people's names, but I would ask my mother questions. I probably was like seven. 
So tell me about this girl and what street did she grow up on and what were her parents' names and what were her siblings? And then when you went back to the reunion, what was she doing now? And is she still married? And what are her kids' names? Like, I just want to know everything about people. So that's why I love reality television because unscripted television is all about people's lives and how they walk through life and where they how they got to that place and how they interact with other people based on the circumstances of their own life. And that is what I find absolutely fascinating. So for Wendy to come from another country and to come to the States and then how she met her husband and what she named her kids and where she goes, Mm -hmm. went to school and her relationship with her sister and how she gets in arguments and how she doesn't get into arguments and how, what she's reading and what she's interested in, like all those things about somebody I find infinitely fascinating probably more than normal people um so that's kind of why I love Real Housewives I love it I really do I mean it's I I was upset that so much of the season last season we couldn't get as deep into Wendy and everything because we were dealing with the fight and the aftermath and everything yeah which I I had no issue with the fight, but I'm like, I wish Wendy had a better introducting, introductive season because I really did want to, I really want to know more about what's going on with her mother-in-law and how the the battle of these Me moms, too. these matriarchs of, that is the cultural referencing that I'm like really deep into. Exactly. Like, can you explain you. more to me, please? Because, yes. and, I, and I want I want people to go and watch this special. Yvonne Orji from Insecure. She plays Molly on Insecure by Issa Rae. Uh, she did a stand-up oh, Issa special. Issa is so beautiful. Issa Rae is fantastic. She did a stand-up special. She's also from Maryland. She's from Laurel, oh, actually. Really? Uh-huh. She grew up oh, there. Oh, she's from Laurel. Uh-huh. There's a strong Nigerian population out there, apparently. And um, her mom, she did her stand-up special with very sporadic but strategic cutaways to her going to visit her parents in Nigeria their response to her being an actress, their response to her being a comedian as wealthy, really noble people in the Nigerian community in Nigeria. You okay? Yeah, something just fell. I don't know. Well, my house is haunted, so who knows? Oh my God, it's live people. And so (laughs) she um, would cut away to her daughter, her mom being like, so you're on that show. And then she brings her mom like a Louis Vuitton, for instance. And it's beautiful. She goes, oh, this is the one I wanted. But she didn't bring the cabbage from the store. So she's a failure. And I'm just like, See, I really that like that. That, that those, I like that too. Those dynamics. So I really hope we can yeah. get, we can dig more into, you know. But also, Dr. Wendy next year. where on television is that story being told with two matriarchs from a mm-hmm. Nigerian village and how to unpack all the th- all, you know all the circumstances that they went through to get them to the place where one one woman's son is married to the other woman's daughter now they're in the United States of America I mean that's like and they, they disown he- their son completely everything he did is yeah. now null and void because null he married this woman's daughter can you imagine I can't even imagine I really want to know more about yeah. that story like they didn't even come to the baby's party and I'm like the baby like we can't even get it together for the baby like what did Cam do like this is a baby it's absolutely mind-boggling to me and I'm I, I think we would have a it would, it'd be a good platform to tell that story to Potomac feels like a safer place for her to be able to explore oh, that sure and I, I say safer because I'm like as much as I'm excited to see like Crystal on Beverly Hills I am 
And I do think the women of Beverly Hills would do a better job at, at, at letting her kind of usher in her own story. We're watching Dallas and I, I want to pivot mm-hmm. to it quickly. It's, Dallas is a breeding ground for judgment and misunderstanding with little interest in resolving anything. And I'm watching yeah. Tiffany. It's almost infuriating because I know everybody's like, oh, we love Tiffany. She's the best. And I'm like, wow, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's not enough probably to even like let her come back because she could care less that we all love her. Now she had to live through basically having to overcompensate, mm-hmm. over apologize over everything. I'm literally watching her beg for friendship from women who could give two fucks to understand her. Like they truly She seems don't care. defeated. She seems yes. defeated. Yes. Yeah. When she, there's mm-hmm. that moment when the sh- they're with the shaman and Brandy like finally admits, obviously, you know, it's all in me it has nothing to do with you which duh and yeah. tiffany still takes that time to validate this woman and i am like mm-hmm. wow and it, what's worse is that i think that's just the central theme of all of these women especially on dallas is that they are only as good as the last time they've been like validated by their experiences and they feel like their lives are just as they really hate when someone else has an experience that differs from theirs that kind of doesn't level the playing field anymore like they're all housewives buying barbie clothes as mama d said at first and now this woman comes in with a career and she has a really hard job probably during the hardest time ever in in our lives that's i interviewed her and she talked about and i totally felt this so deeply when she said i purposely did not pull back on shifts because i wanted to prove to my boss that this television show is not gonna factor into how could a great of a doctor I can be. Wow. So we're talking about a full-time workload during COVID. Wow. Spending time with two small children and her husband, taking care of her elderly parents who she needs to protect from COVID and filming a show, which is another full-time job. Mm-hmm. And did any of the women take into consideration all of those things that were going on with maybe no. the exception of DeAndre because they already had a personal relationship no, they their response not. was, "We all have stressful lives. I'm dealing with a lot." And it was probably like one of the the, the lowest moments for me is when Carrie like leveraged her daughter's mental health and just like kind of threw it, like tossed it at her because it was a no, it was a trump card, and we all knew it was going to be like, who is going to argue with a mother dealing with the mental health of a child? Which I right. don't doubt Carrie takes seriously, but the timing felt a inappropriate, and it wasn't at the consent of her daughter yet, and. I didn't think that was going to go well when she talked to her other daughter about it. But also, that it's okay to let this woman win. It doesn't make you any less of what mm-hmm. you're dealing with in your life any less important because she also has a stressful job that just is a very different stressor than what you have experienced. And that's okay. And I think that the Dallas women do not know how to be okay with different they really don't. They're struggling with I anything would, that I, varies. I highly agree. Yeah. yeah. What's your relationship with Dallas this season and thus far? Like, where does it rank on your your system of housewives? Well, I have not really been interested in a long time, and I'm more interested this season because of Tiffany. Mm. Because I, it was nice to see a working mom on television. Because mm-hmm. I felt like I could relate more to that story. Listen, I'm not saving people's lives, but I have never in my life taken maternity leave and I have five children mm-hmm. because there's always that feeling in the back of my head like I, I could be replaced mm-hmm. because I did crisis media litigation for law firms so I was on my own running my own firm 
And I was constantly in fear of being replaced. So Tiffany speaks to me because I relate to that feeling of like, I can't show anybody that I'm less capable because I'm a parent. So I feel like because I connected with that story that I was more interested in watching than of course the cultural, I'm always interested in the cultural differences. If Tiffany had not been on the season, I would have not watched. Oh, absolutely. I, mean, I, I don't like, think they would have had a season. Tapped in and out maybe just because for the sake of the podcast, but would I be that all interested? Can I tell you something else? Yeah. I know I'm going to say something and people are going to be like, we love about? a hot take here on mixing with mine. Here's we my hot take. hot take. I got it. And I think I've said it before and people are horrified when I say this, but I didn't really like Salt Lake City. That is a hot take. I, I was like on it. the panel of Sarah Galley's show, Andy's Girls With You, when you said it. And I was like, what? Yeah. And you want to know something? I did like it, but I remember around episode four, four maybe, or even episode one and two, because I was fortunate enough to, you know, be invited to one screen and one of the one, like the few perks that I get. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, so everyone's saying, and I watched it late. Everyone's like, it's the best show ever. And I remember about episode three being like, so like, when's the best part? Like when's the whole right. best thing ever mm-hmm. below out? Cause a lot of times the fights didn't make sense to me cause I feel like we didn't flesh them out enough. So I was like, why is Jen mad? I mean, yeah, now we have some kind of insight, you know, post-show that maybe she's just angry. Like she's just angry as an individual, but in the show having no context, I'm like, so how did we get to that? I just want to know, like, and, and, and not a lot of narrative happened. I remember there's mm-hmm. one scene where after Lisa and Heather at the party, like the first party, make it very clear they don't know each other or have discrepancies on when they knew each other. And she's like, be, she's shitting on Heather in a sense. All of a sudden, they're at a table, like sitting, mm-hmm. eating together, talking about another fight. And I'm like, how, when, when would this make sense? Was there a reconciliation I didn't know about? Why are they like, that's that forced filming that I can't stand, which I don't know mm-hmm. how we do that with an end people. Are like, well, you know, it's a new season. It's a very new show, but I thought Potomac did it pretty effortlessly in their new season. Like though it wasn't the best of the seasons as we know what the potential was, but for season one, they truly were like, these are three or four friends who have literally been together knowing each other for 10 plus years so their yeah. fights and their nitpicks between karen and Jill, they're real so when they sit down and have a conversation as frenemies i get it i don't get heather and lisa because i don't know no. them and we just learned last episode no. they don't like each other so how are uh, we no. here so it was very confusing for me so i get it tell can you tell us why you didn't like it why didn't why wasn't i don't believe that you? any of them were friends before maybe like meredith and lisa I think they had no real relationship. It was like they were all cast in a movie and they were characters playing the role of friends that happened to live in the Park City regional area. Like I just didn't see any connection. Mm. So I, when they got in fights, I wasn't fully invested or arguments because I just thought this doesn't come from a place of real hurt because there's no shared life experience. It, it didn't make sense. I just really felt like I was watching a made-for-TV movie on Lifetime. Yeah, but say it gave me very with much like, Lifetime mm-hmm. with like women who were like new to acting. Like they were like mid, like second career life. They're like, I think I'm going to be an actress. Mm. And you know what? I've watched a lot of Real Housewives shows, so I'm going to go into the role of. 
I'm going to go on the role of Lisa Barlow. I'm going to play a woman who owns a tequila company. And oh, 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 because I feel like housewives always sell things. So I'm going to not just sell the tequila, but oh, okay. So I'm going to have my son sell a skincare company because I want to be a boss lady because boss lady's trending in 2020. So we'll do that. And I want to have a husband, but he's got to be nice, but it can't involve too much. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's what the people want. And I have to have a great outfit all the time. And I feel like the trend is like long hair. So I'm going to pull like the, I, that's what I feel like. I mean, Lisa <laughs> all like, I have to do much so get attention. Yes. Lisa did give me a little bit Cynthia Bailey, like old school Cynthia, <laughs> where every season there's a new business venture that we're invested yeah. in. And I'm like, where are all these today? We do not know. I would like to know where the cargo is, the, the luggage line. The eyeglasses. <laughs> the eyeglasses, yeah. Yeah, the, the sunglasses, the model agency. But it felt like at least that we don't have four seasons to kind of flesh this out. So we're right, going to we just wrap just it all up in one. And right. it, it kind of yep. resulted in all these people wanting her tequila. And Kate, I'll tell you, no one can find it. I keep looking. People are like, how do you? Because I have a bottle. She sent me a bottle. I'm very grateful. I'd like another one, but I guess it's lost in the mail. Because <laughs> um, she was supposed to send it about two, three weeks ago. I don't know. Maybe UPS is still kind of going slow. I don't know. But... It's good. And people are like, okay, how do I get one? I'm like, well, girl, you got to at least up the inventory when you know, when you know you're going to make a commercial, you don't sell out the product. You make more products because yeah. you use the whole season as, an, as a commercial, but like, but more people would buy it. If you told a more honest story where you said, my husband and I built this tequila business. And the funny thing is we're Mormon. We don't even drink. However, <laughs> we know that our friends do, and we wanted to build this company. And it's been a real, you know, it's a, been a real walk up the hill because we live in Utah and we have to take trips to Mexico. We'd love to take cameras there just to see how hard it is to make it in the liquor industry, which is really almost near impossible. If mm-hmm. you had told that story, people have been like, we are going to help her out, get that stuff on our shelves. But when someone walks in and they're like, I'm killing it. Take a look at me. I am absolutely killing it. I'm a fantastic mother. Look at me in business. I'm always making deals happen left and right. People go, let me pick away at that. That's a little, yeah, that's a good point. That's a little obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. And I think that where we come, where there's a crossroads is when housewives goes from being like a little bit frivolous and snotty, which we enjoy to being downright obnoxious and making us feel like we don't even aspire to it, right? And I think that we even see it on Dallas where we want, Tiffany's life is aspirational. Maybe not being like a hard, as hardworking as she is. I don't really want that. But even she lets us know, I really want to be a lady who lunches one day a week. <laughs> and that's an aspiration of hers, but the, the seller downstairs and everything, but we can't even really enjoy it because of how much judgment we're be- she's being met with and everything. And then it seems as if there's even a shift happening. I, I have talked before about Brandy leaving the show mid-season. I'm almost like, ish, I'm surprised she even signed up to do it. If she saw any of the episodes that she's in, I would have left a long time ago, but it almost feels like it was right for her to leave this show at this time because they keep getting worse. Like every episode, the portrayal of whatever it is she's trying to say, whatever the point that she's trying to make, it's getting lost in the delivery. And I mean, we see it with the judgment of, um, you know, her and Deandra, the, the shaman. This past episode, I think Brandy talked about her being Christian, which is not a shot at being a Christian, but I thought that the representation of that 
in a way of judging Deandra for it. She said it almost as many times as Cameron says, girl. Like it was, it was every single confessional, every cutaway, every conversation was about how uncomfortable she felt being at this shaman meditation thing, which no one really took this shaman seriously. He's a hairdresser. We're not really taking it that seriously. But she kept saying it as if it was an, a personal offense to her that Deandra, who's supposed to well, also be a Christian. You know what's going into that? This. What? What's going into that is the first season, she got a lot of pushback from her church and the kids' school. I know exactly because what it was too. Mm-hmm. She was not being christian enough on television so there's that so she's trying to protect herself from the judgment that she's not christian enough i also think from whatever circumstances she went through that put her into a facility that she's been open about that she that must be the thing that she's clinging to for like the one thing for centeredness Mm -hmm. like i think people go through crises crises crisis (laughs) and they sometimes cling to their faith and so she's going overboard because everything else in her life is unraveling. So Boy. it comes across is as to- totally inappropriately uh, overboard because I saw a woman unraveling and is like the only thing that I can actually rely on and have faith in and trust is my faith. Could she have just not come to the shaman? Of course. Event? I'm just making an observation. Yeah. If I were at dinner, I go. She's losing her. Something's going down at home because no one reacts this way unless some everything in her life is spiraling out of yeah. control. Because she's look. I mean, you know what? I can. I guess I can see it. Not in a in a devil's advocate way, but I can see when her wheels are turning. She's asking Deandra at the Moroccan party, which I thought was beautiful, but not Moroccan. She's at, telling Deandra, "You, how can you, as a Christian, turn to this? Because in her mind." how can we, how can she turn to anything else other than this one thing? How can she rely on anything else? And she, it's almost like it invalidates her experience by Deandra relying on Mm -hmm. something else to be okay, other than the only thing she's been relying on to be okay. And that's what I mean by like, if they're not validated and they have, they, they suffer from like intolerance of difference. That's the only thing I can, can kind of relate to is that she just simply cannot be around something that is different than what she knows as because they make their own bubbles her and stephanie make their own little bubbles and they know and i lived in dallas for a while i've said it before in the show for years and brandy is actually kind of the mold i would say her and stephanie are are pretty on par with the Mm -hmm. with the entire like area that at least of the women like them that i was around and i can see it is like a slap in the face and offense to her that you would even bring this difference around her because their bubbles don't allow for it. So they're like, and you have me on camera. So they're not even able to be uncomfortable privately because it's like broadcasted. But that being said, time and place, Deandra in front of her mother too, it just felt really, I don't know. It felt like I more identified with like Mama D's approach to it was like, yeah, the shaman's weird. I don't give a fuck. It's weird. I don't like well, it. Well, because you're a normal person. That's not yeah. normal. Normal people are like, okay, whatever, do your backflip. Yeah, so, she's like, whatever floats her boat. Like, it's not up to me. My, who I am in my faith, like wh- whatever. But it's Brandy's people that like, are in, but the people who are insecure about something are the mm-hmm. ones who react the most. She's yeah. insecure about her own standing in her church probably she's insecure about um how what they how they think she represents their church she's clinging to her faith because her 
whole life's unraveling. And I just think they all take great delight in pointing out others' mistakes because they think it lessens the judgment that they have. Yeah, I can see that. I, I definitely could see that. But like crazy- everyone is ripping me on social media because I made this video and I had I went to this facility. Maybe I, you know, if I focus more on the fact that Deandra has this weird shaman who also does hair extensions, they'll not, they won't ask me in this episode or this filming about this horrible video I did and how it's impossible for me to have a conversation with Tiffany without crying because I feel enormous anxiety and guilt about what I did, right? Yeah, I can see it. I mean, what's crazy is that she shit on the shaman and she's like, it sucks that it took a shaman to bring me and Tiffany to this place yeah, where they had that conversation. It's like, yeah. I wish it could have been Jesus. And I'm like, well, you just got introduced to the shaman. You had By access the way, to Jesus and before Jesus that day. Would, and Jesus <laughs> would have been like, the shaman's a wonderful guy. That is literally, well, the, that's well, the end of point. Yeah, like he, he is fantastic. Him. Do you want some bread? Do you want some wine? Do you need some sandals? Like, Jesus would yeah. never. <laughs> I know, but people get crazy. Brandy's one of those people who like, she she misses the point. And she's Absolutely. like, the Bible says X, Y, Z. I'm like, but what is the central theme, girl? You it's can't. You literally can't. are can't not supposed way. to use your faith to judge and yeah. disengage other people. Because that is not going to turn them into uh, into Christ I or whatever. I think that some people are comfortable with their rigidity. Mm. It's either they don't know any better, their their inability to look at the scope of the world in an abstract view. They're comfortable with rigidity because mm-hmm. living in one, like somebody once said this to me and it's so true. Lots of people are a box of eight crayons. You and I are 164, right? Mm-hmm. We can meet lots of people, have different experiences and love to read about other people and love travel about that. That makes us, that actually charges our battery. Other people, they like to live in the box of eight crayons. They can't live beyond that. And, and I think Brandy's an eight crayon girl. That stresses me out. I'm probably going to end up calling <laughs> this episode box of eight crayons. Um, okay, I'm into it. Yeah, Crayola Brandy is <laughs> over here crying in only one of eight colors. Um, but we, but people like us, we just we don't get, we don't pay attention to them. We just go, oh, they're not worth our time. But they're stuck on a reality show where they have to go to a dinner party, mm-hmm. a Moroccan themed dinner party, and a non Moroccan themed dinner party. Yes, yeah, right for like eight hours and film, and they have to <laughs> yeah. talk to each other. Yeah, we can. We have the luxury of walking away and going. Well, they're an idiot. Yes, and now we we can't do that because for forty three minutes, I mean, this is what we have to talk about. So. And then the producer was like, "So, what did you think when they ate box of crayons?" Said that about, and you're like, "I don't like people who have eight crayons in their box." Yeah, I want some some more. I want to get your thoughts on Mama D and Deandra because oh, we. Yeah. This relationship is, it's one of my favorite stories because I don't understand what's happening or where we stand oh 98% of Wait, the time. I hope I still have this text from last, oh, this text from, tell me I still have, damn it. You know, last night, it was the funniest text. And she was like, something like, Mama Dia is a cold-hearted sociopath. Am I right? She oh is, God, I but I, I, I really love her. I I'm not going to lie. I thought that was super funny. She wrote that. 
Um, yeah, I they're, I they're never understand fascinating, what, isn't it? What they're doing because like they'll come together in one hand, they're doing good, and she like loves the industry, brings her a check, right? Like, okay, pay your bills, yay! And then I thought, I mean, I didn't expect Dallas to ever drop my jaw, but when Jennifer, who I think is the worst introduced friend of I've ever seen in my life, they did not give this girl any. Kind well, I of think she, she got a divorce in, in the middle of filming. So then they're like, well, we can't use that. She oh, was supposed to be a housewife. God. So she like whispers, why is your name Simmons if that's your stepfather? And she goes, mom, do you want to answer that? Which I thought was already a setup for herself. Well, like, D'Angelo, you could have just answered the question. But Mama D is like, oh yeah, sure. It's because it was going to take her further in life. And I'm like, <gasps> For a mom, like that was a jaw drop moment for me. Not because I don't think Mama D is capable of that, but because as a mother, I would have at least been like, she connected more with her stepfather. Like it was, that was, that was to me the obvious jump. But she took that as a great moment to nab her daughter in the, it, it, like literally mm-hmm. in the heart. Like that was, that was a wild thing to say in front of a group of her peers, especially yeah. the, some of which like Cam is like in society with her mm-hmm. and everything. So what do you think about their relationship and, and that, in that moment? Well, I think the moments before that were even more compelling because you see Deandra getting more and more and more drunk and you see Mama D getting more and more and more agitated. I think she lives in a certain space in the world where she's very consumed, Mama D, I'm talking about, consumed mm-hmm. by her social standing, how things look, and she's just stuck in that time. And so to see her daughter on a TV show, which she, I think, hates, but also is is jealous of, because I think mm. she loves the attention that comes with being associated with the show, mm-hmm. I think. But it's like two things. Two things can be true. You can be totally embarrassed that your daughter's on a television show, but also be resentful that she gets a lot of attention that maybe you think you deserve. Yes, um, I see it. I think that she also, you know, sometimes with you have like one child and you put all the, the, the hopes and dreams in one child, that that's a lot to take on. And, you know, Deandra told me that she had like hundreds and hundreds of dresses when she was like three years old, like in a closet, like you're almost like a Barbie doll. So she just always had this pressure to be perfect. She struggled with her weight. She never felt like her mom felt like she was enough. And then she had this stranglehold on this business. Oh, Deandra moves to DC. She takes a job in politics, wanted to have a career in politics. And her mother calls her and says, you have to come back to Dallas because I really need help with the business. So she said, I don't want to go. I like, I want to stay here in DC. She said, I really need you. So she goes back to DC and then the mother's like, okay, well, I need you, but I'm still going to run the company. And so it's, she's had like a stranglehold on her career for, for quite some time. Right. And then what comes with that is the stranglehold on the, uh, the finances. Yeah. because she's not giving her a big salary and and then she doesn't really give her any ownership or any decision making ability but doesn't want her to leave Dallas and then she feels bad because it's like her stepfather's passed away it's just her mother so i think that there are lots of families in the country can that can kind of understand how that might feel where you've got a family owned business that to me is what's interesting it's like the dynamics of two women in a in a family-owned business in an area of the country that's very consumed by the way you look and what your station is in the world. Because Mm. as much as Mama D said that, you're like, 
I don't know, maybe part of that was true. But I also think maybe Mama D did marry Glenn Simmons because that would make her station in the world, you know. Like I mean, a she pretty much told us she gold dug. She was like, I stalked him and I closed the deal. And to yeah. be honest, because she was honest with me, I didn't have an issue with it. I right. was like, you That's go, true. girl. That's true. <laughs> do and, what and you got to do. And isn't that always, almost always the truth? If somebody just says it and they're open and honest about it, you're like, yes. Okay. I mean, yeah. to be fair, I, I mean, I, I've made it very clear. I stand and absolutely love and believe everything Meghan Markle said, except for when she said that she didn't Google Harry. I was like, first of all, we Google regular people. Second of all, I'm younger <laughs> than Meghan and I knew who Harry was. So the idea of like, I don't know, kind of oblivious. I'm like, yes, no, it's, but I understand that she's like, that's yeah. not going to be received well, but I like sought out to marry a prince. But if Mama D is telling me I wanted to marry Rich and I did it, and I'm like, where's the seminar? I'd like it. I, I mean, I'm engaged. Yeah. I'm like, listen, I'll still take the class. <laughs> I don't know. We have one life. We have to do what we have to do. So right. I'm like interested in that. And Cam, has you know kind of is narrating this is like listen we had heard these rumors Deandra's very insecure about them they've been going on for over a decade and you know but then she's also like Mama D kind of was a gold digger maybe that was her way of kind of like pivoting the attention off of what she did and somehow making Deandra feel villainized for doing the same thing essentially because mm -hmm. she's like listen I did what I had to do but then Deandra she's like down with her because she decided to do that what are you thinking about Cam this season because the girls universal term the girls love her they are watching and they're like she's who loves her everything a lot of people a lot of people i'm here i don't know them <laughs> they're like she's giving us everything between her and tiffany she's giving what? To watch. I, don't understand. I, don't, I don't know if she's giving us barbie house all i've got from this episode was that her house i don't want to see a grown i don't want to see a grown woman act like a barbie doll I don't want to see a grown woman during only, a only time in our country where people can't pay their mortgages and are trying to keep their loved ones alive, bragging about buying a $7 million home and upgrading. I don't want to see And how it. it was on hold because of COVID. And she's like, oh, I can't get my house because everybody I is sick. I don't know if someone taught her at some point, like, it's really kind of cool if you act like you're Elle Woods from Legally Blonde. Like, it's really fun and cool to, like, to sound stupid. I mean, maybe when she was like 21. I, I don't, I've never. Elle Woods also was only 21. <laughs> I don't enjoy, a grown woman. I don't enjoy a woman pretending that they're stupid to get attention. And I think mm. that she plays up this persona because she thinks it's like a fun TV character. I mean, because listen, even her own husband. Kind of, I don't like it. Her own husband said, I didn't expect you to be able to use the apps and find our house. Which, which I was a whole like, other thing oh too, boy. I was listening to someone in Clubhouse say, you know, he's really demeaning to her and he puts her down all the time. But I'm also like, but he married her. He knew right. that's what she, like, that's her persona. She enjoys, yeah. like, I don't know. He told her to her face, there's three offers. And she's like, yeah, but it also says it's pending. And I know what pending means. And I'm almost like, Cam, I'm more interested in this version of you that is telling people I don't really care or subscribe to what you think I know I am going to prove you wrong I'm not a ditzy Barbie doll which obviously is a persona that she's putting forth but at the same time when she kind of flipped the script on him and she was like yeah you got caught and I I really I will say as someone who's watching Dallas 
uh, with the husbands who the bar is lower than Atlanta husbands at this point is for court to be so avidly like I'm not an asshole I didn't mean to keep this from her which debatable but his trying to advocate that he is not an asshole for keeping like that the selling of his house from his wife made me lol in context of what's going on this week and how we've like there's been people didn't love Travis Holman and the way he talks to his wife and now there's mm-hmm. things going on with Brandy and Brian I'm like Court we not even at you yet like we're not even <laughs> on you you are oh, not even on the first part, part part of our docket of Dallas husbands that we need to investigate yeah I don't I kind of like him because he's really um seems like a very present father which is very good yeah and I I feel like he loves her I just feel like he's endlessly puzzled by her <laughs> playing up this persona. I don't your I husband being Listen, puzzled by you. Somebody told me, no, she's really like that in real life. I don't, I can't believe that that's fully her. I it gives she, me Paris Hilton. I feel like, yeah, she's like, pl- yes, like a couple years from now, she's going to show, Cam's going to show up with like a different voice and say, mm-hmm. I hated wearing pink every day, but I just yes. thought it was a real fun thing. Mm-hmm. I just can't. The difference is Paris Hilton did this and does that. It was a brand, and it, people bought into the brand. Right. We're not buying into anything Cam is selling because she's not selling us anything. But I do. I like at least their family. I love how supportive they are of their daughter being, you know, playing football, which makes total sense. I don't know why they wouldn't be. But for conservative blonde Dallas sites or whatever I was worried that they'd be like well that's not what like I'm always very worried about the massage noir that will go on when we go to certain places like Dallas um that I was worried about that but I like that you know the dad has even thrown the football with their daughter and I thought that was really cute Hilton's adorable I I I like Mm -hmm. to see the family aspect I even liked that he was like listen I will work harder to make sure that you feel heard on the big decisions. I'm hearing you loud and clear. I didn't know you wanted that, but I just want you to be happy. Mm -hmm. So whatever it takes to get you to this big house that you want, I'm going to try to do that. So, you know, I don't know. I just, it just seems really just not relatable. Yeah, I'm listening. Like, I'll do (laughs) whatever. That is so unrelatable for every reason but money, which is crazy. The giant house that you want based on, it's like, we know that you both come from family money. People who are working every day to just try to build something don't really want to watch people like having this conversation we know is like played up for TV. I just, that, I'm like, eh, you lost me. Yeah, I understand. I really do. Because even I'm like, that must be nice. <laughs> but I think this is my, you know, if we talk about microaggressions, I think my microaggression is for people that come from like lots of money. Because I mm. have, I did not come from money. I went to a boarding school for poor kids and I've worked, I paid for my own wedding. Like I don't have an inheritance. Like, so when I see As people- As most people don't. Like yeah, usually so when, us watching so them I, are not that. <laughs> but so when I see someone on TV like Cam and it's like, she's wearing these like $3,000 dresses and wearing Valentino and and just is kind of like a lady of lounge. You and know, telling like, us that. I think and that telling, also And then having thing. like, in the beginning of the season, she's having the, the, the uh, yard sale and like, and everyone's waiting in line and mastering COVID to buy her like her- tunics i just 
it's not my thing. I don't relate to that. And I find it really obnoxious. And I, I feel like me personally, I see someone like that. I'm like, well, there's not never going to be a time where we're going to have a real deep connection because they live in another universe where they walk through fields of flowers. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm not there and I have never been there. I'm constantly stressed out about business. And so I don't relate to that. And I mean, she told us on the Austin trip, she was like, I can't jump in the pool because these shoes are $2,000. You take off the shoes. When I hear stuff like that. that, I'm like so repulsed by that. Also, like being from the Northeast, don't you think, well, that, maybe this is too true too, because I live in um, Southern California now and I'm very much an East Coast person living here. Oh, and I'm something sure. that people do here is they love to tell you what they have, which makes my skin crawl. I, like being from the Northeast, do you know people who brag about how much money they have? Probably no. not. And what's because worse is that I know now- looked down upon. Everybody was that. rich. I know that now, but I, as growing up, I didn't know that. Probably until I got to Texas. I'm not going to lie. When we moved to Dallas, that was the first time I ever confronted if I was poor or not. I ever asked my parents, like, are we broke? Like, I don't know what's going on. Because yeah. back home, that just simply wasn't a thing. First of all, everyone has some kind of level of money because it's expensive as hell to live there. So mm-hmm. there's you know enough going on there. But like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think of that. You're right. I really didn't. I was walking through the my life going okay even when I went back to college like I you knew it but I nobody was like look at the you know there was no way you would be embarrassing because it was about how here's my thing with cam which is kind of encapsulates this whole thing I don't think cam is looking this is my impression of her I don't think when she's meeting someone she's trying to figure out as I do is this an interesting person what let me learn about you and where you are in life and where you've come from. I want to know who you are. She's looking at what are you wearing? Where are you from? And are you good enough for me to talk to? Yeah. And because of that, I don't want to watch her on TV. I, I mean, don't she like was originally it. rude to Brandy because she didn't think Brandy was enough, high enough in the station. She was embarrassing. Then she was mad at Deandra because Deandra's having fun. And she's like, you are a Simmons. You have money. We are above this. And Deandra's like, I ain't above shit. I'm having a good time. And yeah. she was very offended by that, you know, that, that, and that's the, that's the thing about Dallas is that- But the, even the thing, even the lunch with Tiffany, like, I'm not going to eat your chicken feet. Like what normal person would do that? You don't yeah, also because you it should be about out of it. how interesting are you? Tell like a normal person would go, thank you so much for inviting me here. Tell me about your family. What is it like? Where are they from in China? And what was it like for your parents growing up? And what kind of, okay, this is the kind of food you eat. Tell me a little bit about how it's prepared. That is an, an interested person in interesting people. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, how do you fit into my little box? If you don't fit in my box, then I have no use for you in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's can, my perception. That. Listen, people might come at me and they go, I know her personally. She's a great person. But as my guest said to me, she's on my guest, my guest tomorrow, talking about the bachelor, that the people that are on reality shows, I'm assessing the character that's presented to me on Mm -hmm. this TV show. I don't know you personally. So what I have seen and you've shown me is that you're a vapid person who only cares about people who are as as wealthy as you are. 
and you're not interested in anybody. So that's what I see. Yeah. I, I could not agree more. And I want to, we're going to shift gears to something that isn't as nearly as vapid and a little bit more um, sinister. And that's Jersey. Cause they're, Oh yeah. I love Jersey for what it is. We talked about already the cultural aspect of it. It's something new. The way I loved always the family dynamic. I actually think that some of the decline in ratings and everything with Jersey comes from the fact that they're not all somehow integrated in relation, like in family relation. I thought that that was very compelling back in the day with, you know, I didn't like Caroline as a house. I thought she was kind of boring, but like Caroline and then the Dina and then like Teresa came in between Dina and then Jacqueline is related to Caroline, but like indirectly because the twin is the sister. And it's like, there's a lot of different, mm-hmm. like there's a web and they're all connected. And I thought that was what made their fight so much better versus now here we are week, I don't know, 17,000. And we're still dealing with who will apologize first, Jackie or Teresa. And who will extend an olive branch first, Jackie or Teresa? Teresa sends what I thought was an olive branch for Teresa's sake. I actually really like Teresa this episode. And I'm not a, a tree hugger, stand, whatever. I, I tend to have a love-hate relationship with her. But this episode for me was a lot more love. Thought she was funny at dinner with her brother. Thought she was funny at her own pool party. She extends an olive branch to Jackie by including her in a text, inviting her to the pool party. And Jackie, yet again, denies or declines coming to a filming event where she Mm -hmm. could make up for some lost time and film with the cast. We didn't need her, it turns out. But she tells Teresa to to go fuck herself, basically. Like, she shove it up her ass is what Melissa comes back and tells her. What do you think of Jersey really honestly doing the same thing that even Potomac did, giving us the fight in the beginning and now we're stuck with the narrative of will they, won't they for the rest of the season about this one fight that I honestly don't even remember anymore. Mm. Well, at the heart of it is that Teresa is endlessly annoyed by Jackie. There's Mm -hmm. something about her that infuriates her. Is it the fact that she's an educated woman and Teresa's not and she feels less than around her? Possibly. Um, I think that Teresa does not like new people coming in. She's constantly threatened by anyone who joins the show because she assumes it's her show. We've seen that with her own relatives. So when the first episode aired and she's seething, watching Jackie in this joyful moment with her husband, I saw a woman who was like, I'm, I'm going to take this down. And that was like, oh, that's kind of like nuts. But I think a lot of people do that they see someone's joy and they're like i'm gonna take them down and look at instagram somebody's like famous and happy you're gonna scroll through and see people that are like well that's not gonna last long or Mm. uh, so that i think that that moment kind of was people who are uh intimidated by someone else's success or joy and so when she starts the rumor you're like you're you're watching somebody who's unhappy in their life and they are they're like, I'm going to take that person down. I thought that was pretty interesting. I did. The too. problem <laughs> with the, 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 like, you have to make up, Jackie refused to film for a while. Uh-huh, and okay. it sounds like her husband was like, I don't know if you want to, um, if I want you on the show either, if they're like going to say shit about us. So they're trying to make up for that and filming. They're like, let's send an olive branch. Jackie didn't want to film. She didn't even want to come back. 
So they're That's dealing so with that. interesting to me then, because we still spend so much time talking about this. But this was probably Jackie. only happened in like in a week and a half, two weeks. Okay. So we're seeing this over, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks at a time. But in real life, this was probably only like a week and a half. Okay. So why throw a redo party, Jackie, where- I think her husband was like, you guys- you know, first of all, you're on this show that I probably didn't even want you to be on because uh-huh. it's the Real Housewives, and this is kind of embarrassing to begin with because, like, you're fighting about stupid shit on this show, and now I find out that this is there's going to be a whole episode about how I'm cheating with somebody at the gym. You better fix this. You better fix this problem. So I see a woman panicked to make her husband happy in that moment. I see a husband who's like why are we even on the show and uh, probably angry you imagine the fights that are going on before they even film the scene driving to the restaurant Mm. i see friends who are like uh i don't like why are we here this is uncomfortable like okay what do we do what do we do let's try to make but jackie almost hung a bigger light on it the way she's whispering to everybody like just like we're happy we're happy right we're look at us we're like an amazing couple she's hosted to it even when you hear me interview her a couple of weeks ago, I asked her about it. And I said, you know, in that first episode, you're like all over each other. Yeah. Or like, well, it was kind of like, like a lot, like a lot. Yeah. And she said, well, you know, Kate, we're just really in love. I don't know. It's been 17 years and we're just really in love. And I kept thinking about that yesterday. Mm. Like, I don't know. Do people say that? Like, if, if you asked me, so you and Dan, you guys have are still married, got married in 2007, five kids. You know, you're still married. Can you imagine me going, I don't know what to tell you. We're just, he walks in the room and it's like the world disappears. <laughs> like a little unicorn, as Melissa like, said. She was prancing around like a yeah. unicorn. Like I caress his face and the world disappears because our love is so, like there's something that's weird about it. And that is what I think all the other women are confused by. And they're looking at her like, you're acting weird. Mm. So that is why I find it interesting. I'm not not bothered by it at all because I like find it all very weird. And then I'm wondering, do they know things, but they don't want to bring it up on TV? So like, what's the texting going on outside of TV? Are they protecting something? Like that's what's running through my mind. I can understand that for two reasons. One, I recognize a parallel that I know someone's going to bring up to me even later that Yolanda and David Foster used to mm-hmm. do the same thing. When they were married, it was the, I love right. you, I love you, I love you. Every it's five minutes, right. it's my husband is just so talented. He plays at every party we have. So that's obnoxious. I'm, I don't really want to hear him play. Um, I don't want to be subjected to that. But like that, and then look at what happened. It really didn't matter. Um, that, that- well, think, of, think of your own life. Like yeah. there, was this, there was this couple that I used to know from the kids' school and the mom would always be like, posting stuff on social media like he isn't the wind and the rain he's the wind beneath my sails I still we're still in love oh, and it would be like, hashtag God. like 15 years or whatever it's like lover hashtag lover I'm like okay, okay. he's he sleep he's sleeping around he's sleeping around because oh, there's girl. no way you're trying to prove to the world that you guys are still getting it on and are happy and this is your way of doing it because something else is going on because normal yeah. people don't do that. I mean, let me tell you something. When I got engaged, that was the first time that people had seen my girlfriend <laughs> for uh, years. 
Exactly. And the entire time that I have been point. in Georgia, I moved exactly. here for her for school. Exactly. We've been happy and in love and everything. And the world knew no- people were hey, shocked. They were shocked. You're not like <laughs> when she walked in the room as she entered, <laughs> a cold breeze passed my face. People would be like, you're so weird. No, like, we haven't been on each other's stories again. ever. <laughs> Maybe that's just where we grew up. Maybe. Maybe. I'm, I can't, I swear to you. People Katie. will say to me, they're like, they're, I never see pictures of your picture. Husband. Yeah. Like, because he'd be like, what are you doing? He around. That's what you I know what I, Yes, yes, exactly. Like, exactly. He around. He over there yeah. somewhere. Like, yeah. we're literally just living. Like, I posted a story <laughs> of my fiance at last Thanksgiving making the turkey. Like, she's really good at the turkey. She doesn't yeah. cook anything else. It's me. I cook everything and she cooks the turkey. And I'm like, she's good at the one, like the most complicated dish she's the best at. And people, <laughs> I got at least five, on my personal Instagram, I got at least five people that I know from for years who were like, really happy to see you guys are still together. I'm like, yeah, girl, what are oh you talking God, about? Why, so what are we funny. being? Like, <laughs> and then literally six up. weeks later, we are engaged. Like we got engaged Christmas time. Yeah. So they're like, Oh my God. I'm like, yeah, because yeah. she makes a great t- What are you talking about? Like, I'm yeah, living because you're life. like, we don't need real videos of us skipping down the street together. No, we're living our life. Like, that's the thing. We're living <laughs> the life together. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm oh usually God, so gone away from social media for hours and hours because I'm physically involved in my life at that moment. So, yes, but I, I feel, but don't you feel like a lot of these housewives do it? It's like once the, the spouse shows up because there are always rumors about, this and they're not happy that once the spouse shows up they're like there he is he's a dream and you're like oh come on he's a pain in the ass just like everyone so then what do we make of like Joe Gorga being this because he's the local okay, misogynist you. Wait, we wait. all love. Thank you for saying that because I would have forgotten if you had not brought it up. I, yeah, the two, poison I don't is still believe, being let out. <laughs> I don't believe they're having as much sex either because it's the way he's like we we're, we better hit it before we leave. Normal people don't do that. And she's always like dismissing, like, oh my God, I can't even talk there to you. Like, is I can't again. have a real conversation. Get your penis away from me. Oh my God. Like, you're always on top of my gorgeous body. Like, I feel like those two play it up too. Yeah. I think it's like part of the, the shatik now. Yeah. Which I find interesting because I do believe Melissa to be one of the prettier people that I've seen on TV, but also one of the most insufferable, like, desperate <laughs> people to be on TV. I watched her, like, I watched this trailer of there's there's trouble in paradise, somebody's cheating. And yes, we know it's a prank. And I'm like, okay, yes, I agree with everyone else. It's annoying that they gave us this trailer that they're, they're she's texting the bartender or whatever. That is annoying. What's more annoying is that she like did press about the trouble in paradise that they were having. That's so true. I watched a Wendy Williams interview that she was like, so when he was asking her about this, she goes, oh, so what are you like? I'm worried. I like you guys together. She goes, you know what? It has been really difficult. It's been really horrible. You're going to see us go through some troubling times. So I'm like, how? When that was a prank. And now he's like, let the poison out. You look great. Look at that ass. Like where I'm so confused. Like, why would you do mm-hmm. this is why people don't trust Jersey anymore. This is why it's because it's mm-hmm. like, that's there is such a lie happening there that I don't believe. And I'm not interested because I Ooh. don't believe it. Melissa hasn't had a real storyline mm-hmm. forever. And this is why I think the tide is turning for someone like mm-hmm. Jennifer 
and someone it's going against someone like Jackie, who at first Jackie comes and people love her. They think she's great, real relatable. Now one rumor comes around and she goes into hiding and it doesn't, it doesn't turn out well. Whereas Jennifer, she was not as likable the first season. She gave us complexity with her brother and the gay brother and the mom and her daughter. And we saw some complexity with her, but now she's just letting it all hang out. And she's just is who she is. And that unapologetic, is a little bit more relatable and to be honest this episode she was so much fun I'm like I in a COVID world where we don't want to watch Cam complain about not being able to get her multi-million dollar home we Mm -hmm. are all looking at Jen like I can't wait to be in a crowded party with people get drunk and be out of quarantine like it's true she's looking like what I'm looking like you know what I mean she's wearing her allegedly fake Chanel and she's having a good time like we all want to have a good time right by the way I was uh, there's this rumor that's gone on for years that Gucci was selling the Real Housewives of New Jersey women Louis Vuitton bags so it would devalue Louis Vuitton bags oh (laughs) my god Mm -hmm. I'm like I kind of believe that's true that's kind of because one of them was carrying like a Louis Vuitton bag and it was a fake and Gucci was like, oh, this is this is good. This because we want it to make it look like like trashy people carry Louis Vuitton bags. Kinda Listen, funny. I've never judged Jin on whether or not her stuff is fake or real. What I will say is I have a series of best friends who are from various parts of like the pan-Asian, you know, countries, some uh, Islamic countries. Uh, one of my best friends is Pakistani. She has told me all the best knockoffs come from Turkey. All I'm saying. And Jen, oh, really? Turkey. Oh, my God. She was like, we go every year. Like, they go to get... And she is someone whose family can get real things. The Just the, the knockoffs there in the area when they go home, the Pakistan, things like that. And they've mm. gone to Turkey plenty of times to get some really great knockoffs. One of my other best friends, she is um, uh, Kurdish. And she, when I first met her in middle school, was like, I love your Burberry bag. She goes, thanks, it's fake. And I was like, oh, and I'm in Dallas. So I'm like shocked because in middle school, everyone had fancy bags. And I'm like, looking at my parents, like, I need a Louis Vuitton. My parents are like, you are funny. That's cute. (laughs) Because I'm in the seventh grade. Like, I need a Louis Vuitton because everybody else has one. And she goes, like, I need a Louis Vuitton. Yeah. She's like, girl, (laughs) that's cute. Uh, She's like, I work. (laughs) But she said to me, thanks it's fake and I was like oh my god you just said that out loud it's just like oh yeah I have like real ones but I like the fake ones better they're better like I get the better version of the like the the higher level bag when it's fake like if I'm gonna spend the real money it's gonna be cute and small but when I get the fake one it's the big it's like the 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 never full it's like the the luggage it's the nice ones and I'm looking at Jim like I mean I wouldn't judge you just let me know who your plug is and I'm in (laughs) Like I'm into that. Give me a little bit of that, you know? Like, and Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, if she's already there visiting the brother, taking the dad, I wouldn't be surprised if she picked up a couple of things. She didn't say it, no, confirm it or not, but I will. If that's the case, I don't blame her. No kidding. I'm just saying, it seems like a good idea. I mean, she already said she went to China to get all the the furniture. To me, that just seems reasonable to like just go to to where you can get it involved. It's a big house. No one, I mean, she had to pay for the house. So to me, what difference does it make that you, at least your house is fully furnished? I'm looking at you, Teresa. Mm -hmm. At least all the rooms are full. 
right with nice things who cares where you mm-hmm. got it if you got it and bought before a good discount good deal right like we know her husband can afford a Louis Vuitton for her. It's not a big deal. Like he has a nice car and stuff, but it's where you sprinkle your money. Cause that same girl that I went to middle school with who was like, thanks, it's fake. She drives a BMW when she was in high school. So the money was put in the right place. Wow. Like, who cares? And so I'm looking at Jen, like I'm having a good time with you. She's blacked out. She's in her cute little blue did Chanel. You live in, did you live in the city of Dallas or outside? No, I lived in Plano where Brandy is oh, from. Oh, Plano. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So my dad worked in Dallas. He worked at actually the same hospital as, as, as Tiffany does. He oh, worked cool. at UT. Um, and my, my mom worked in downtown Dallas and we lived in Plano because everybody said it was a great place to live. I beg to differ, but. Is your dad um, a doctor? No, he worked. He's always worked in medical uh, okay. in healthcare as admin. So he'll oh, do like, cool. he works for a lot of like surgeons and now he works for ASHA and uh, which is like speech language hearing. So it's a lot of speech pathologists. Like he works for like mm-hmm. the president of that. And so he's always done that. So he's always had good health insurance because he always worked in always the medical at a, area. At a hospital or not necessarily at a hospital. So at a hospital when we were, yeah, in Dallas, he worked at the hospital the whole time. When we moved back home to Maryland, he worked at the hospital, Washington hospital center. So he always oh, worked at it. Yeah at hospitals or for doctors for a long time until pretty much now for doctors we, that are in the hospital or that have private yeah. practices outside of the hospital so that are always in the hospital but specialty in the hospital mm-hmm. okay usually right. some kind of specialist or some something that had to do with that so like he worked was for, he doing like epic healthcare like their software system no he was more like he would work in with the doctors themselves not like as an assistant granted I was a child so a lot of what he did was not fascinating to me um but he would work really close he would always have like one doctor or two doctors who were like his immediate boss and then everything that he did would be centered around whatever it was they were trying to like running running their practice within the hospital yes and then like but and then like getting their research out or something like that like making their like seminars go well things like that but and he would be like in charge of like their assistants and stuff too and is he still still working right now yeah he's working but he works from home he works um for the american speech language hearing association right now in in rockville so he's been safe during COVID because he yes. hasn't. Okay, good. Gratefully, he has been. And my mom too, because she works for the federal government. Because that's, to me, oh. growing up, that's what everybody did. Everybody I knew. Well, in definitely DC in D.C. Works yeah. for the federal government. So the did glamour wasn't there. go into the city to work? Or does um, she, she did, did not during, now, post-insurrection, she has not been going to into the city yeah. to work. So that was kind of her being like, oh, we know what, we're good. We're going to just work from home, remote. But the government is usually pretty good at teleworking and permanent remote and all that stuff and being able to switch things around. So she's planning on staying there for (laughs) quite some time. Her job is saying like 2023, they're like not going to let people back into the office. She's like, great, I'm comfortable right in my house. Wow, okay, good. Yeah, so. And your parents are still married. No, they are very much so not. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. They do. <laughs> In fact, planning a wedding right now is actually very funny and very stressful because neither one wants, they're very, I get, I have, I'm a, I'm Candace Dillard. I'm very much so that. Where it's like, well, what is they, what are they doing? Well, what are, what is she doing? And I'm like, okay, right. but because y'all keep asking this question, nothing's been paid for. I just want to remind everyone that there's a due date, just saying. But I'm like, okay, I'll just do it myself. No, 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 I want to help. But what is he doing? Like, <laughs> It's, where do you want to get married we're gonna get married in baltimore oh 
because that's where my mom lives now, but we're gonna get married like right outside of Baltimore in the in this in the county instead of the city because it's a lot cheaper. Um, and mm. we're gonna we're gonna try to do as much of it as our by ourselves as a teacher and a chiropractor as we can. <laughs> but, so but, nice. Yeah. What are you it, thinking of like a theme? Um, so it's very rustic, chic. Aww. Don't necessarily know what that means yet. We're gonna try to flush it out, but the colors are at least navy and like a dusty rose, like a dusty pink type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a little bit of Barbie, but not so much uh, grown up, like you know, an adult Barbie. Um, <laughs> but really, like the navy, there's like a barn door, like our hotel, like the venue is very. Uh, it's polo themed like the sport so there's a lot of like horse and equestrian elements to it and that's as close as I could get because my fiance refused to let me get married in a barn though I asked multiple times I liked it for pictures when is is the date did you say August no it's gonna be actually in November next November we started early because a couple of places that we called already told us that it's already booked for next year because all the girls in 2020 people have been waiting right and everybody and all the great vendors that we even wanted, they're like, okay, well, people now have backlogged graduation parties and other oh, kind of birthday God. parties. So they're, you know, booking up all through next year. Um, so we've been lucky so far that we can now kind of just chill, but and get vendors before a minute there, you know, COVID was affecting the, the girls even later, like well into wow. the next years. So, you know, it, it, it is what it is, but you know, it's. Are you going to write your own vows? Oh yeah, I probably oh, I, I, I was an English major in college, so words I like. I like words. She, yeah. on the other hand, I don't know what she's gonna do because she hates words. She's science, biology, she's a chiropractor. All those the words are not her thing. Everything else is her thing. So I'm expecting something a little bit like, uh, probably like something about the anatomy, the spine, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and then kind of does she give that. you like adjustments all the time? Yeah, that sounds so freaking amazing. Yeah, I, I should I think probably take advantage of time. it more than I do. Like there are times where I'm like, yeah, my back hurts. I must have slept wrong. She's like, do you want me to? I'm like, no, it's fine. And I know plenty of people who are like, girl, you better take it. Get okay. it now for free, girl. Go, what? Go do that. Like I, I probably should take advantage. Do you think? <laughs> do you think that she gets almost like a high off the cracking sound where she's like? Yeah, that feels real nice. Like so it's, it's, it's like do. a relief. It's like a yeah, like I like an achievement. I do. She does in a way of like so they're taught to like not only listen for the crack because it might not always happen, especially the more oh. somebody's body is like, you know, adjusted and aligned. It doesn't always happen because it's like like the gas being released, but she's like when she hears it, she at least knows she was successful. So when she does it, she yeah. kind of has to like go back on her own merits and be like, okay, now let me just test the mobility again. All right, well, it went. And so it does create a bigger confidence in her when she hears it. Cause she's like, oh, I know it. I did a good job there. But when it doesn't, she gets very like, okay, now I got to go back to the science and see if it actually works. Where did you guys meet? Uh, high school we were actually um best no friends way. in high school we won a superlative <gasps> um for partners in crime and then started dating after high school stop it you yeah. have to have that picture do you have like a, the superlative picture i do i actually you do i posted it when we got engaged and i'm probably going to end up having like in the in the like in the slideshow or something because it kind of has to be like i have the picture from when the and we were both on yearbook together so um, and people were like, okay, so you you got this. Now do whatever you want to do for this picture. And I was like, one, two, three. And I just squeezed her. And I was like, yay. 
And that's well, very how much did so my you know? How did you go from being like best friends to moving into like romance? Um, so I had actually come out to her in high school and I had told her my feelings for her well before we started dating. And she was mm-hmm. like, well, it's never going to happen. But I, she wasn't threatened by like, I, I can't be your friend anymore. She yeah, was just like, you know, I, 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 I'm not there, but I thank you for telling me. And that's, I, I'm flattered. And, and then when we got to college and we went to two different colleges, but like right before then she was like, I don't know. I just, I feel like I could see it because being with you would feel like at least it would, I knew, I, at least I know that I'd be respected and it'd be I'm like, so I'm a safe choice. And she was like, not a safe choice in a bad way, but like, you'd be, you'd be a great, I see how you are with other people. You'd be a really good partner. And then from there, it was like some uncertainty and like, I don't know. And then all of a sudden she proposed to me. So I, I like to say I am the mama D of this way. I did close the deal. Mm-hmm. So you were in love with her since high school. Yeah. That's really romantic. We so how many years friends. how many years have you been together now? Um I've known her for almost 10. And so we've been together, I think this is our sixth year together. This and is our sixth friend- year hang, uh, dating. Are your friends from high school surprised or not no, surprised? Nobody. Like, when we had to go through the roster and tell everybody, they were like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, okay. And some people screamed, like, good for you, finally. We knew that this is what it was supposed yeah. to happen. So, and then when we got in, engaged, because people had like really loved it through the years or whatever. Because again, I told you, they didn't know we were still together after a while. So they were like, so happy to see y'all still together. And then when we got engaged, it was a very, very, very positive reaction, positive reception. People were very like, in fact, more people want to come to the wedding than we're probably invited to the wedding. That is a shame, but that's just how it is right now. (laughs) I was an only child. I'm an only child. So I definitely want to have at least more kids so that they can have people to talk to because I was talking to myself a lot of years probably why I started a podcast because I'm like someone needs to talk to me and I can I never thought I could imagine more than one but now I'm like I don't know I could see it even like I I look at um especially when I see like all the housewives whenever they have so many children that's Mm -hmm. usually somewhere but I want to be somewhere between like Melissa is three few maybe but yet Bronwyn's too many like I'm in the middle because that is a lot over there that's too many names for me to remember on top of you know students whereas like but if I had a Teresa situation with all four of like one one gender I would probably be very stressed that would be a lot for me like I don't really know until you start having them and then you kind of figure out as you go yes I mean gratefully we low-key can pick a little bit we can kind of like go to like the target of children and go you know we think we want this or we want that um can we get that too like (laughs) so that that is very helpful (laughs) do you know Les Kirkendall no Les is in this world he has a podcast called um Reading Rainbow I think that's what it's called oh okay reading Re- rainbow recap he reads um housewife or bravo um autobi- or biographies Woo, what a or job books, or books and then reviews them but he uh, they uh, he and his partner just adopted a little girl she came yesterday actually she moved oh, in yesterday congratulations so he's going to do a podcast about that because he's been kind of keeping me up to date about the process and it's i love that fascinating 
Well, you think he'll read Margaret's book when hers comes out? Yeah, so of course he will. I think that might be one of the few yeah. Housewives books I'm actually excited to read because she is yeah. being very open. She's like, and she's saying it with such a straight face that I almost feel like a bad, like feminist kind of woman for being like, oh shit. Cause she's like, yeah, I slept with a lot of bosses. I'm like, wait, hold on. We just, well, talk, we went I, far. I know, but I talked to her about that. They're like, that was a, like an hour long conversation and it's just a snippet. So the the comment looks flippant but it was yeah yeah okay yeah I mean I'm excited to read her book what do you think of Lexi the assistant I have to ask I didn't write this down but I need to know people's perspective on her because Mm she her voice for me is hard she's really attached to Margaret they do uh, quite a bit of business stuff together and she's so close to them that uh her son Nino calls him grandpa Joe (gasps) And I think he oh. walked he walked her down the aisle at her wedding. Oh wow, that's actually very. So they're sweet. really really close. Her Damn accent's <laughs> kind of wacky because she's from England um, and then moved here, and then it's like something else in it. So they were telling me it's like an amalgamation of a couple of different things. And Jersey doesn't help, I have to say. Whatever no, it is, that's no. not helping on top. Like the icing on yeah. the cake is wild. It's always amazing to me because the entire cast in New Jersey all pretty much has the exact same a- accent, though they're all from so many different parts of like the world. Like Jennifer Aiden is Turkish and she has the same accent as Jackie, who's not Italian. And they're all, they all sound very the same to me. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really sometimes very stressful. I have to forget that, that that's not the way like anybody else sounds. My, like sister's any other show. From, my sister lives in New Jersey, does not talk like that at all yeah i have a friend who's from jersey and she's like maybe i'm just not a good jersey i i don't know what's going on over there i think they find the worst they give them like an accent test to be on the show um what do you think of michelle this this friend of who's like coming in and like she's like she she thought she was a housewife before they signed the paperwork it's like you're not it's not gonna happen yeah i mean they squash it immediately as men tend to do and did you believe that there was probably something more that it was supposed to be given over to Michelle's husband or no, I, I think I they were more... like playing it up for TV. Okay. I was more prone to believe Joe when I actually thought Joey probably was caught off guard. Like, huh? Who do I owe money to? No, I would yeah. know if I owe an invoice. And, and also I don't. it was, it was at his event for his book and his business. And, right. And I mean, it's his track. face and his name that sold the ticket. So I don't yeah. really expect anyone to split 50, 50, something that I, it's me that they're coming to see, not you. They don't yeah. know you. Like you're a facilitator at best. Well, somebody told me she had even announced I'm the new housewife before it would have made sense. People were definitely um, aware of the, of her being the housewife before she was. Her and the other one on Dallas, Jennifer apparently did an interview and it was like the real housewife of Dallas. Jennifer was like, who's real housewife of Dallas? Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think so, girl. I don't even know what you sound like. <laughs> Which is yeah. what I had to say about Evan. I'm like, I don't understand how this is the worst rumor that could ever be said about him. I don't even know what he sounds like. Who cares? Like, right. who cares? He's spoken four times in the two, three years that they've been on the show. I could not right. imagine. And if he walked back. past me on the street, would I necessarily recognize him? No, I yeah. wouldn't. Like, what do you think of Jersey's dis- or the Bravo's decision, the casting company's decision, whoever? to keep the cast the same this many years in a row is it working i it's it was a choice well, that they made my hot take is differently my hot take is they need to start moving people in and out and get so bored by the same story it really do comes you, to the individual to me like do i feel like i know everything i need to know about this person the circumstances that change mm. every year what happens doesn't really matter because i already know who this person is 
I like to mm-hmm. meet new people all the time. Mm-hmm. Do you think there is a such thing as an OG expiration? Like there, a lot of people yeah, are saying, sure. Teresa, yeah. it's been, yeah, it's I over. get I know everything I need to know about her. I'm not I, like, there's nothing that I need to see more. I already got, I got it. I got it. Um, we're done. Okay. Yeah. Well, if, if Teresa, it's, we're done. It's a Melissa has got to be going to we're like, done. it's got I, to be. I know it all. Cause there's, we know nothing. There is nothing for Melissa to share. I'm sorry. And I, yeah. I probably feel about Melissa as viscerally as a lot of people do feel about Teresa. Cause I just don't know what we're doing. We have had fake sisters. We have had, having another baby we but that nothing has ever flushed out it felt very keeping up with the kardashians were like for a couple yeah. of seasons every episode was a different complete storyline like one year rob had like ocd for 44 minutes and we never heard about it again and i'm like yeah. what is happening when did he get it how when how has it been this bad all this time and i've been watching them for all these years and why does he, why is it gone now i'm very confused like gone? how does that how does this work and so, yeah, I think that it's time to go. But then um, I didn't really want to talk about Atlanta because I think that I need to at least have one episode that's COVID, not COVID dense, like just one that I don't talk about COVID. <laughs> but if that, if we're saying that OGs have an expiration date, there is a lot of, I've even led this theory that I think they're trying to phase out the varsity with this JV team, the nieces and the aunties, where I think they're giving us uh, Drew, a uh, Latoya, a uh, Fallon, and all these people all at once because they're trying to phase out our older castmates, who are not older by like by age, because I think Marla will probably stick around forever, but older in general. You know what I mean? Like, hold on one second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think that maybe they're shifting them out. I mean, Candy made a point at the uh, the black whatever party that. Portia's sister through that she was like if Cynthia if I feel old I know Cynthia feels old in front of all these new young women what do you think about could we keep a cast like that integrated with aunties and nieces and so many people or is it time to see some new fresh blood on Atlanta and we move them all out I think it's a hard call for production because I think I don't know if people are so invested in the younger cast that they're you know, I don't mm. think they've been given enough of a chance for us to kind of really get invested in them. So I think that they've, they've made the mistake maybe that I think they've made is adding too many potential people at one time. That's a good so point. It's like an overload. And I think that that's what's kind of confusing. But for a good period of time, I don't see Kenya leaving. I don't know if Cynthia has enough there. I think unless, it's time um, for unless, to go. <laughs> unless like her daughter's living there and there's stuff going on. There's not probably enough there, but Kenya always kind of has stuff layered really. There's layering to her relationships with the other women. But I think Cynthia probably could be fine leaving. I think so too. I think she could season... do a spinoff and do something else. I mean, she's really, you know, interesting in terms of fashion and styling and beauty. She could do something else, but it doesn't seem like they would all hang out in normal life. There's too much of an age yeah. difference. Yeah, I could see that. Though I will say Marlo, I could definitely say hanging out mm. with the niece. She's like Marlo's my favorite. young at heart. She's my favorite. 
She's great. I think she's, she's my one favorite non-housewife housewife. She's one of my favorite interviews too. Oh, I'm sure that it's got to be a fun time. She's yeah. fantastic. I mean, listen, you've talked so much about all the different amazing interviews that you've had. And I've listened to all of them, but for the very few obscure, obscure people who are like, where do I find all these interviews? Could you just indulge us and tell us where they can <laughs> listen to these amazing interviews of, listen, you interview, you get everybody. Like she gets all the people y'all. So where can they find you? Listen to you, all of that. Meanwhile, I'm stressing about who am I going to get next week? Um, <laughs> Reality Life with Kate Casey can be found anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Uh, super easy. You can find it anywhere. And I'm very appreciative of anyone that listens. And most certainly if anyone is willing to give me a nice five-star review, here's the troubling thing. If you look through a lot of female podcasters in this space, they have 4.5 ratings. You look at the men, they all have 5.0. Mm-hmm. So for any woman... And a great guy who's listening to this, they can really help us all by leaving each female podcaster a five-star review because it's enormously helpful for our pod metrics and for potential guests. So that's like, would be a great Easter gift for everybody. Listen, I'm with it. I think that the criteria to get five stars out of some people sometimes is as a woman, it is really hard. Very, 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 very difficult. I've compared sometimes my own podcast, like the intro to another man's intro, specifically another person. And the difference that I'll get in response is mind boggling because they really love it when he talks for a full 20 minutes about, you know, everything going on in his life and everything before the interview. But me, it's a podcast is not a podcast if you're talking about yourself for an hour, which I never do because literally the entire- Oh, the, the, yeah, so for some reason- <laughs> for some reason the standards for us are very different it's very yeah I don't know I just I I think that there's going to come a time where there's going to be like the clouds part and people are going to go we've been really fucking hard on female podcasters why is that like that sucks we we owe them like a a, like a a, a, like I'm sorry because we're really held to a different standard and it's just unsettling to me that so many of us work so hard and I don't know it's women's history month and I just want everyone to just be very um mindful that there are lots of female content creators not just podcasters but Instagram accounts and people who make merchandise that are housewives or Bravo related who work really really hard Mm -hmm. and that women um are sometimes not great at asking for what they want so I'm here to say I on their behalf yeah support them yeah share their accounts share their shows share information about what they make because they need your help they need your help they need your support and we owe it to each other to do that I could not agree more listen like I did like I said earlier y'all a fantastic panel with Kate and um, on Sarah Galley's podcast, Andy's Girls with the Romanza Bravo and Bravo Historian, all women, all great. All of them have been on my show before. Now, Kate, you complete the cycle, at least from that, <laughs> where everybody has been on there before. And I've gone on all of their shows. If they have one, um, um, Bravo Historian doesn't have one yet, but I am very much so convincing her every day that she should get one. Um, and, and listen, we also just did an entire like collab where we for women supporting women, Ramona will be proud, though I don't yeah. care about pleasing Ramona ever, where we shouted out every single possible female content creator 
writer girls, radio hosts, TV personnel, podcaster, everything we could think of. So please guys go to our Instagram you can find on either one of ours, Kate's or mine, and look that up and check out those people, follow those girls, listen to those people. Because listen, that that's, we are the future. And if we mm-hmm. want to hear more of our voices talking about us like us that's the thing that kills me and you want to hear us talk about shows about women (laughs) don't you want to hear another woman go well I understand what it's like to be freaking out about raising your children or um that you have to go to a job where your boss is a misogynistic asshole or that you're juggling in-laws and like these are our experiences we're all having don't you want to hear a woman talk about it Yes. Listen, I mean, I, I, I just, someone yeah. just left a review the other day that was like, you know what? I really appreciate, you know, your voice. Cause we do need more BIPOC people talking about, you know, BIPOC things and things like that. But the same thing goes for women. This is, this is our world. Like Bravo is not even hiding or like subliminally marketed towards us. So if anything, we are, the gatekeepers for how this these conversations could go about our women about us bringing babies on trips and things like that and maternity leave and asking that boss for that extra day off and being nervous like this is for us it's for us we've seen it we live it we know someone who's lived it and this is something that connects us and unites us all yeah because tiffany's husband if it was reversed and he was the doctor and he had said i just would really like a day off it would be a totally different conversation in fact if her anxiety three times uh, greater yeah for, if it was for his kids they would be oh he's an amazing kids. father of course we the want best. you time with your children oh, sir like are you yeah. kidding and she's don't you want to hear a woman <laughs> talk about that god i know what that feels like and this is the set of pressures that women are under when this happens and blah 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 yes yeah like i mean listen i think that it it, it really goes without saying that watching women you know kind of multitask even to bring us entertainment mm-hmm. and stuff it just shows that we really can do it all the amount of people in Potomac who breastfed before every you know every party or whatever you know what I mean loved it loved it loved it loved it freaking loved it please y'all go listen to Kate Casey's podcast follow her um on Instagram and everything listen to her right after you listen to this and and give her a little review tell her how much you loved her on mine so yes again and and let's and let's and give her some some positive things that we can you know we can all kind of just benefit from during this month and it's like that's what keeps the, the the crowd going and we love it so thank y'all so much for listening to another episode of course of mixing with money you can find me on all the things um social media at mixing with money m-i-x-i-n-g-w-i-t-h-m-a-n-i and as always y'all stay happy stay healthy stay safe and stay home we are almost there i can feel it but be kind to yourselves and one another thank you bye For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, Pop Culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. So you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening. And rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.